0: Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. Here's what's happening at Gateway Community Church.
1: Sign up to serve during this Christmas season. There are opportunities all throughout December and on Christmas Eve. There is something for just about everyone, so don't wait until your favorite opportunity or preferred time fills up. Visit Next Steps after service or sign up online.
0: Share the love of God and experience the value of generosity by visiting the giving area on the coffee shop stage or by going online.
1: For our pre kindergartners through fourth graders, Kidstown's Christmas will premiere Sunday, December 17th during our morning services. Photos with Santa and photos in our live nativity will also be available from 9 to 1130 a.m.
0: Christmas Eve invite cards are available today in the lobby. Take a few and invite a friend.
1: Moms and dads, did you know your child can sing on stage during Christmas Eve? Learn more online.
0: Here's everything you need to know for our Christmas Eve service. Our bilingual ministry will be having a service at 10 a.m. At two, four, and six, we'll be having our candlelight services. The nursery will be available for all three. A communion service will take place at 11 p.m. Refreshments and family photos will be available in the Life Center from three to six p.m.
1: Carve out some time this season to spend with God. Advent reading bookmarks are available in the lobby and online.
0: Celebrate Recovery will meet on December 25th and January 1st. Celebrate Recovery is a great place to begin your journey of healing from hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Join us on Mondays in the Life Center at 7 p.m. Learn more at our website.
1: Don't miss out when you're sick or out of town for the holidays. Join us on Facebook Live where you can catch everything that happens during the service. Stay up to date with the latest news in your bulletin or visit our website at gateway-community.org. Thank you for being here and welcome to your journey. So I haven't read the book of Luke before. I haven't
2: read quite a few books of the Bible, still working my way through it. But the exciting thing about reading a new book is that I get to learn something new. I get to learn something new about myself, about God, about what He wants for me, about other people too and how it could affect my life. So if I'm just reading a verse, a few verses, few chapters, the whole book, I know that I'm adding to my faith and I'm
0: strengthening my foundation.
2: Yeah, I love that with Atra sharing and this something, it's, it is fairly new in her life and uh, but God is doing amazing things and um, so we want to just look at, uh, as we prepare to start a new year, look at the Bible and it, I think it will become more clear why as we go through this our time together here this morning. Uh, As we begin, I just I want I want to share with you some kind of common expressions, and I want you to think about them and see if you can find something that what connects them together. Um, And these are phrases that maybe you've said or you've heard said: "bite the dust," "the blind leading the blind," "by the skin of your teeth," "broken heart," "drop in a bucket." Eat, drink, and be merry, although don't overdo it tonight. (laughs) Go the extra mile, nothing but skin and bones. Rise and shine, I'm sure Brandon and his his students loved hearing that. See eye to eye, The, the writings on the wall. And the one that may give it away for some of you, Good Samaritan. See, all of those phrases, those expressions are found in the Bible, and they have weaved themselves into our English language as a part of our culture, and, and most of us don't realize that, most of, that all of those phrases, and hundreds more, and, and, and hundreds of words have their origin in the Bible, that it's so much a part of us and a part of our lives, and yet we don't even, we don't even see it. If you look at uh, bestseller lists, you'll never find the Bible listed. But, but that's actually kind of deceiving. If you look at kind of all-time bestsellers, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings trilogy has sold over 150 million copies over several decades. If you look at J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series, uh, it's it sold over close to 20 years, just over 500 million copies. But it's estimated that in any given year, there are over a hundred million Bibles printed. Over a hundred million. You know, the Bible isn't just the bestseller some years. It's the bestseller every year. And has been, for, for longer than any of us have been around, by tens of millions of books over any other book sold that year, so much so that it's now left off the bestseller lists. Whether it's the Times or the Chronicle or whatever, you go and you look at bestsellers and you think, I'm interested in reading what the bestsellers are, you won't see the Bible at the top of the list. And and they, they, they made that decision decades ago because it's always number one. 85 to as high as some say 95% of all American households own a Bible. In fact, uh, on average, we own 4.3 Bibles. I'm not sure what the .3 part is. But uh, anyway, um, the Bible has been completely translated into over 600 languages. The next nearest work, which was either, I can't remember if it was Alice in Wonderland or it was Pinocchio, is like 270 languages the Bible has been translated into over 600. An additional 1,400 plus translation languages have been, uh, been made of the New Testament in total. And approximately 2,400 languages have active translation going on right now. And there are plans in the works right now to translate every uh, significant language into the Bible, at least the New Testament of the Bible, in the next two decades. The Bible has a profound impact on literature, film, the arts. Many of the greatest artworks in the world are at the very least inspired by the Bible, and many depict real scenes from the Bible or certainly themes. And the Bible has profoundly influenced our laws and morality. Our country's foundational documents, such as the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, all have biblical roots. George Washington said, It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the bible civil rights leaders such as martin luther king jr and archbishop desmond tutu relied on biblical imagery and teachings to fight for equal rights for all people and the teachings of the bible have profoundly impacted education healthcare, economics science many scientists including copernicus isaac newton and francis collins leader of the human genome project operated under or operate under a biblical worldview Barna surveys report that 80% of Americans, 8 out of 10, 4 out of 5, consider the Bible to be holy. 56% believe it has too little influence in our society. 47% agree it contains everything a person needs to live a meaningful life. 74% strongly agree that reading the Bible makes a person more thankful. And people who read the Bible are more likely to be generous in giving to charities. But the Bible isn't influential because there's so many around. It's influential, it's life-changing, it's transformational in and of itself and therefore there are so many Bibles around. People have recognized that what the Bible says about itself it's true, God uses it, he, he speaks through it to reveal himself and his plans to transform lives trapped by sin. It says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The writer of that, the Apostle Paul, affirms something that's stated in various ways all through scripture, that all scripture And I mean all, just as the scripture says, is valuable and important and not just the parts we like or the parts we understand or the parts that I've learned or that are convenient for me. And this is true, Paul says, because it is breathed out by God. Some translations say inspired, but the literal Greek translation of that in 2 Timothy is breathed out by God it doesn't mean that God overcame the writers and they simply dictated his exact words verbatim it means that his spirit worked in and through the personality and experiences of each writer to guide and inspire what they wrote to help them write God's word through their words 2 Peter says, above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. Moved by the Holy Spirit, they spoke from God, and, and through their words, God's word comes through, and it comes through for our benefit, because Paul says it's profitable for us in at least four areas. It, it teaches us, which it means it reveals God's truth to us. If God is the creator of the universe, if he made everything that there is, everything you can see, touch, feel, even, even dark matter, dark energy, things that you can't see, touch or feel, if he made it all, then God's truth has to be the truth. When the truth, God's truth, comes into conflict with our understandings about what is true or what's important, God says he, Paul says God uses his word for reproof and correction. And admittedly, that's not always what we want to hear. We like to think, I'm right. I get this. And, and God, you ought to adapt. Surely any, any clear-minded person would see it this way. But if God is the creator of the universe then it has to be true. Hebrews says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. See, the Bible isn't simply a feel-good book. It calls it like it is. Even when we don't like what it says about us or about the world around us or about values or things like that, because, but it is because God loves us so much that he's not willing to just simply say anything goes, that everything's okay. If you're a parent, you realize that there are things that your kids have wanted to do or want to do, and you know it's not good for them, and you have to sometimes say no. And they don't like you, and they say they hate you. And they say, you don't love me. And what you know, parents, is that that is the most loving thing you can do, is to sometimes say, no, I will not let you go through with that. I love you too much. Some things are are at best wasteful, and at worst, deadly. And God, our creator, our, our heavenly father, has revealed his will, will for our lives in scripture because he wants only the best for us. He wants, he wants a relationship with us. So Paul reminds us that, therefore, as scripture teaches, as it reproves and corrects, that we are, in fact, being trained in righteousness, in how to rightly relate to God in ways that are best for us and his plans for us and to each other. This is how we were created to live. This is the picture, if you look at Genesis chapter 2, that speaks to us of what is going on in our lives and how God intended us to have an open, honest relationship with Him. And the result, the Scripture says, is that we're equipped for every good work as we read, as we let Scripture speak to us. Our lives are transformed and and fulfilled because we're equipped to do all God wants us to do. Uh, you, You know, one of the classes I teach around here from time to time is called experiencing Christianity and it's it's used as a course called the Alpha course and the man who had a big part in it is from England and he talks about the fact that early on he grew up as an atheist and he he went to college and his his roommate was didn't believe, And then his roommate came to faith, and it bugged the fool out of him. And so he finally decided to read the New Testament just to kind of put, it, put the guy away, to, to dismiss what he had to say. And, and he spent a, a couple of days at the start of a semester before class had really begun reading. And he said by the time he got to the end of reading the New Testament, he was convinced. Not only that God was real, but that God had a claim on his life. God mattered. God cared about him. And it changed his life. And that's what God's word does. It equips us to do what God calls us to do, which is ultimately to love him and to love our neighbors, to love people around us, to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus in our world today, to to represent the word made flesh, the full and perfect revelation of God and his will as seen in Jesus Christ. And because God is, is infinite and and eternal his truth never changes he is the same yesterday today and forever his word is is unchanging and and it and not just relevant that's a big word relevant some people claim it's not relevant but it's not just even just relevant but it is important for the living of our lives the prophet isaiah said the grass withers the flower fades in other words the world comes and goes but the word of our god will stand forever jesus himself said heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away and and, and there's good news here for us as we trust god and his word but at the same time there is a warning that when we overlook it or ignore it, or even worse, intentionally go against it. In fact, I wanna suggest to you it is as true as any physical law of nature because their source, if you believe God is the creator, their source is the same, it's God. I mean, I can jump up, but I always come down. Why is that? Gravity thank you. And, and I can defy gravity for a time. I can go up in a plane, but it has to come down. I can build a building, and I can go upstairs, but will that house or that building be standing in 100 years, or 1,000 years, or 10,000 years, or 100,000 years, or will the effects of gravity eventually bring it back down to earth? See, you and I can defy gravity for a time, but as long as we're here on earth, we're ultimately bound by it. No matter how much I practice, no matter how strong I am, no matter how smart I am. And God's word promises that that when we break them, maybe for a time we get away with it, but ultimately we break ourselves against God's word. Ultimately it calls us back. let's take it a step further imagine if god's word didn't exist if all the things i've i've mentioned in in, in this message and so much more never come about what would our lives be like now what would have become of much of the art and literature and and music of our world what would our country be like without the inspiration of god's word for our founding documents in fact asking an even bigger question, would the United States even exist? Remember, so many came to this country for the freedom to read God's Word. What if the church never existed? What would would our world be like? What would have Hurricane Harvey relief looked like without tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people from churches across the area helping and loving their neighbors, loving many of you? what would be our standard for right and wrong for morality or would people do what was right in their own eyes regardless of those around them what would it be like to live in our sins to live with the guilt unsure of our purpose and no hope for our future thank God literally But that is not our story, though it can be almost like that if we choose to ignore God and his word. But as we strive to know him and obey his word, God's spirit, working through God's word, working in this time and place, working when we read it ourselves, transforms us to live in peace and harmony with the one who created us and and with those around us. And that's really the definition of of being blessed. Psalm 1, the very first psalm, is there for a reason. Why do you put one ahead of another? You do it because it says something important. And this is what Psalm 1 said. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, those who make fun or disagree. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Moses, speaking to the Israelites shortly before they entered the promised land, reminded them that they needed the sustenance of more than physical bread to get through the 40 years. But because they had failed to trust God early in their exodus from egypt god had allowed them to wander in those wilderness for 40 years to to teach them to trust him to trust his word and the, moses said to them in deuteronomy 8:3, he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. God, our Heavenly Father, understands this independent streak that is in it, and every one of us that, that makes every two-year-old say, no, it's mine, or I'll do it my way. And don't we, in our own way, say, I can do it myself. I'm, I'm, I, I can handle it. It undermined the Israelites back then, and it undermines us today. That's why every word from God is so important to us. Jesus affirmed this. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I want to tell you, our heart's desire here at Gateway, my heart's desire is, is to help you live the kind of blessed life that God has created you for, that's created me for, that's created all people and that comes as you and I read and know and allow God's word to permeate our lives. Meditating on God's word day and night opens us up to all that God desires for us, that all he desires to do in us. And as we prepare to start this new year, if you want something different, if you want to change how you go through the, the coming year, if you want God's best for your life it means you want him to teach you to reprove you to correct you and to train you in righteousness and to do that you have to let every word of God's word be a part of your daily life to transform you late in January we're gonna be uh, Brandon talked about doing a church-wide campaign we're calling move it's a study of the book of james in the new testament it's a very very practical book of 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 how god calls us to live out his his love and his commandments to us in in, in very day-to-day ways and we're going to be reading through it and some other some other things but to prepare for that I, I, we are doing this, we're doing this study right now. Every word of looking at why God's word is important. Why it matters. To set the stage. And, and to get ready. And to do that, we, I want to I invite you. I want to challenge you to begin a daily reading plan of God's word starting tomorrow, January 1st. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to read the Gospel of Luke. In the New Testament, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. And we're going to read a chapter a day. So on January 1st, you read Luke chapter 1. On January 2nd, you read Luke chapter 2. On January 10th, you read Luke chapter 10. On January 20th, you read Luke chapter 20. And by the time we get done with Luke, we'll be ready to start reading James together and all that goes into that. We're going to be putting that scripture the the reading itself not the whole text on facebook each day and maybe you want to affirm it or you want to share it with others or you want to you want to write something that god revealed to you or you want to ask a question and put it out there to the community let me tell you a disciple reads god's word daily a disciple immerses themselves and who God is and what he wants for our lives. A disciple spends that time, and that is our commitment as a church, is to lead us to become disciples of Jesus Christ, to grow in that, and not just simply give it lip service, or say it's a good idea, or say that's for the real spiritual people. This is God's design and plan for every single person on the planet, including people who don't even believe he exists. It is still God's design. It is still God's plan. And the goal in this is to help God's word transform you so you experience God's best, his blessings. And by doing this together, we're building in accountability with one another. We're we're working to create a new habit for the new year. Because for many of us, it's difficult. It's hard to get it into our routine. It's why if you remember this month in December, we had you reading various passages for 31 days. It was a good ex- experience of reading. And they weren't terribly long for some of us. Uh, maybe that's not used to doing much reading. That you could do it in and in sometimes in two, or two minutes. But it was to begin to build that practice. And, and now, as we flip over, the last reading was today from, from Proverbs. Tomorrow, we start a new thing. We start Luke, and we'll be reading that. And then when we get done with that, for the six weeks of our campaign, we'll have daily readings for you in a book that we'll be providing you out of Scripture to build that habit, to build that discipline. This, we're not talking about a resolution here. Resolutions are good ideas that we never do anything to ha- make happen. A habit, a a discipline, as the Bible calls it, is something that we do. That's why James is so important. James is about doing, not just hearing the Word of God, but doing the Word of God. And we want to encourage you to do that, to move in that direction. It was funny, after the first service, I I mentioned how we've been doing for several years those readings in December, and, and, and a young lady came up to me and said, about five years ago, I took that and I began reading in December. And do you know what she said? I've now read through the Bible five times over these last five years. It wasn't easy at first. And I didn't always understand everything. But I stayed with it. And, I, and I, she said, I discovered every year God was showing me new things and teaching me new things, even though I'd read it before. That's why we want to point you to this God's word can profoundly impact our lives, but we have to dig in ourselves. I can't do it for you. The person on your left or your right can't do it for you. Your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, your father, your mother, your best friend, your coworker, your boss, they can't do it for you. There's the old saying, which didn't come out of the Bible, but it probably should have. You can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink. And you know, that's just some good old horse sense wisdom there that my mom told me many, many, many times. But it's true. It applies. Proverbs 30, verse 5, which was a part of today's reading, says every word of God proves true. He is a shield. To those who take refuge in him. And so we want to encourage you to dig in. Is it going to be uncomfortable at times? Yes. Is it going to mean you got to change some patterns in your life? Yes. For some of you. For some of you, you're, you're doing that. I encourage you with whatever you're doing to read Luke with us. So that we have that as an experience together as a church. And just see what God does. Each morning, open and say, God, what do you want to show me today? Not, let me see if I can get through this because Pastor Randy told us to read it. But what can you teach me today? And to help us begin the new year tomorrow, to help us kind of cement some of this down for this and beyond not just reading luke but allowing god and his word to infuse our lives we're going to use a a covenant service that brandon mentioned earlier it's actually about 250 years old written by john wesley who founded the methodist movement around the world to help christians have the right focus to to start the new year intentionally not to just let things happen what's the old definition of insanity it's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results let's commit and put into place practices that can enable us to live differently and so we're going to be I'm going to be reading some things and what I read is going to be up here on on the screen so that you can see it and then and then you'll have some things that you read. And let me invite you, when you read, don't just simply mouth the words. Let them be a part of you. Now, I know some of you, you come come out of traditions where that was very common. And and I grew up in that. And, And it wasn't that the words were bad. It was that sometimes you and I just got used to saying things and not paying attention to what we were reading. And though it's not a part of our normal routine here at Gateway doesn't mean we can't use it for God's glory so we're going to use this covenant and I invite you to make this your own as a way to prepare for 2018 and beyond we begin with confession we are those who seek to live as true disciples of Jesus Christ but sometimes we fall short let us now examine ourselves before God, humbly confessing our sins and submitting our hearts so that we do not deceive ourselves and cut ourselves away from God. Let us pray and invite you all to join me where it says people. Father God, you have set forth the way of life through your son Jesus Christ, whom you dearly, love dearly. We shamefully confess that we have been slow to learn of him and have been reluctant to follow him. You have spoken and called to us but we have not listened. You have revealed your beauty to us, but we have been blind. You have stretched out your hands to us through our friends, but we've passed by them. We have accepted your gifts and offered little thanks. We are unworthy of your unchanging love. We now confess to you our sins. Please forgive us for the poverty of our worship, for the selfishness of our prayers, For our inconsistency and unbelief, for the ways we neglect fellowship and your grace, for our hesitation to tell others about Christ, for the ways we deceive others. Forgive us for when we waste time and when we misuse the gifts you have given us. Forgive us for when we have made excuses for the wrong things we have done and when we have purposefully avoided responsibility. Forgive us that we have been unwilling to overcome evil with good and that we have not been ready to carry our cross. Forgive us that we have not allowed your love to work through us to help others and that we have not made their suffering our own. Forgive us for those times when instead of working for unity, we made it hard for others to live with us because of our lack of forgiveness, inconsiderate judgment, and quick criticism. Forgive us for when we have not tried to reconcile with others and we have been slow to seek redemption. Forgive us also for these sins that we silently confess to you now. God, the Father of all mercies, is faithful to cleanse us from our sins and restore us to Christ's image. Praise and glory be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now the invitation. Let us, gathered here before the Lord, now in covenant, commit ourselves to Christ as his servants. Let us give ourselves to him so that we may fully belong to him. Jesus Christ has left us with many services to be done. Some of these services are easy and honorable. But some are difficult and disgraceful. Some line up with our desires and our interests. Others are contrary to both. In some, we please both Christ and ourselves. But then there are other works where we cannot please Christ except by denying ourselves. Jesus Christ, we offer you this prayer. Let me be your servant. Let me follow your commands. I will no longer follow my own desires. I give myself completely to your will. The power and strength to live as true servants is given to us in Christ. We accept the place and work that he gives us, acknowledging that he alone will be our reward. I am not my own. I am yours alone. Make me into what you will. Rank me with those you will. Put me to use for you. Put me to suffering for you. Let me be employed for you. Let me be laid aside for you. Let me be lifted high for you. Let me be brought low for you. Let me be full or let me be empty. Let me have all things or let me have nothing. With a willing heart, I freely give everything to your pleasure and disposal. Christ is Savior to those who are his true servants. He is the source of all salvation to those who obey. To be his servant is to consent fully to his will. Christ accepts nothing less. Christ will be all in all or he will be nothing. Now confirm this truth in holy covenant. Make it a reality in your life in these five ways. First, set apart in your day Set apart time in your day more than once to be spent alone with the Lord. Seek to perceive God's special care for you and gracious acceptance of you. Carefully think through the words of this covenant and its conditions. Examine your heart, even if you have freely given your life to Christ. Name the sins in your life. Reflect on whether you are willing to choose Christ's holy laws and strict commands. Be sure you are clear in all of these so you do not lie to God. Second, Uphold a serious spirit of holy awe and reverence. Third, claim God's covenant. Do not trust in your own strength and power, but rely upon God's promise of giving grace and strength. In this way, he will empower you to keep your promise. Fourth, be determined to be faithful. You have given your heart and life to God. You have opened your mouth to dedicate yourself to the Lord. With God's power, never go back to your former way of living. And last, be prepared to renew your covenant with God. Fall on your knees, lift your hands, open your hearts. And now let us pray together. My righteous God, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, see me now as I fall down before you. Forgive my unfaithfulness when I have not done your will. You promise mercy if I turn to you with my whole heart. God requires that you rid yourself of every idol in your life. From the bottom of my heart, I here and now renounce every idol in my life, covenanting with you that I will not commit any known sin. By turning against your will, I have turned my love toward the world. In your power, I will watch for any temptation that will lead me away from you. Through Jesus Christ, God offers to be your God again if you allow him to be. Before all heaven and earth, I here and now acknowledge you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as my Lord and God. I vow to give all of myself, body and soul, to be your servant and to serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of my life. Jesus Christ is the only way and means to God. God has given us Jesus as the way and means to salvation. Jesus, I here and now accept you And the only new and living way. I join myself in covenant with you. I come to you hungry, sinful, miserable, blind, and naked, unworthy even to wash the feet of your servants. With all my power, I accept you as my Lord and Head. I renounce my own unworthiness and vow that you are the Lord, my righteousness. I renounce my own wisdom and take you for my only guide. I renounce my own will and take your will as my law. Christ has told you that you must suffer with him. Jesus, I here and now make this covenant with you and accept whatever comes in life. Through your grace, I promise that neither life nor death will separate me from you. God has given holy laws as the rule of your life. I here and now willingly take on your yoke and burden All your laws are holy, just, and good. I accept them as the rule for my words, thoughts, and actions, promising I will strive to order my whole life around your direction. I will not allow myself to neglect anything I know to be my duty. The Almighty God searches and knows you, even the thoughts of your heart. O God, you know that we have made this covenant today in sincerity without deceit or reluctance. If you find anything false in us, guide us and help us to set it right. And now, glory be to you, God the Father. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my God and Father. Glory be to you, God the Son. You have loved me and washed me from my sins in your own blood. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my Savior and Redeemer. Glory be to you, O God the Holy Spirit, By your almighty power, you have turned my heart from sin to God. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my comforter and guide. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have now become my covenant friend, and I, through your infinite grace, have become your covenant servant. You are mine, and I am yours. So be it. May this covenant that I have made here on earth be ratified in heaven. Amen. As you stand before 2018, no matter what's happened in 2017, and, and, and heavens, we know some of you have had it so hard in 2017. Some of you still aren't in your homes. But 2018 offers you the opportunity to say yes to God, to say, I am going to live differently. I am going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am going to follow him. I'm going to spend time in His Word. I'm going to spend time with God's people. I'm going to say yes, wherever He leads me. You and I have that opportunity to turn that corner tomorrow, starting right now. And if you need to talk with someone, if you need to pray with someone, if you need to welcome Jesus into your heart so that that journey can begin with His power, Our prayer team is going to be down front here in just a moment, and they would love to pray with you. And if you feel led by God to host some groups in your home as a part of our MOVE study, you can go out and talk to somebody about that at our Next Step area. And I'll be out here in just a moment with some friends. We'd love to say hello to you, especially if if this is one of your first times here. Well, you and I have this opportunity to, to not just say a bunch of words not just have good intentions but to put in place the disciplines and the practices that we all need every single human being to trust and follow our Lord to say yes God yes hear this benediction and a benediction is not a prayer it's a blessing And let me invite you to stand as we close may the living Christ go with you may go before you to guide you beside you to befriend you above you to protect you behind you to encourage you but most of all may he go within you to give you his peace and his love that you can say yes and you can be his disciple in 2018 God bless you
1: Happy New Year. See you next week. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.